You're listening to Good Morning Marlowe on Marlowe FM 97.5. Dan Wines is a very, very top personal trainer. He is really well known for motivating his clients to success. And I'm really, really keen to find out how he manages to instill that level of adherence into his clients. As well as doing that personal training, as well as getting his clients up to speed in terms of their motivation and their, and their mindset, he also found time to make himself into a championship-winning fitness model. He's been on TV shows on, on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, he's a top player of American football based here in the UK. And in addition to that, Dan's also taken a couple of years out to help people in India get a whole lot fitter by moving to India for a couple of years. And he's done all that by the age of 27. Amazing. Good morning, Dan. Wow. What an introduction. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's a privilege to be on the show. Well, it's, it's wonderful that you've been on here. As I said, that introduction I went through, it's, they're, they're only the things that I know about you. There may be more to you that we can gather in the next half hour or so. But those are the things I know about you. But I guess, I guess the first thing that uh, we should start is, is how you actually got into this, because um, you, you haven't always been uh, a personal trainer in your life, have you? I mean, you came to personal training a bit later on in your life than, than some? Uh, yeah, so I think... I think for me, my journey started off with, I could have, I could have started personal training at the age of, you know, 17, 18. But for me, I, I got into it really around about the age of 19, 20. And it was because I kind of got to this point in my life where I had a crucial choice to make, you know, you get to university level or, you know, the end of college and, you know, pretty much everyone is telling you at this point, you know, go to university, get a great job, you know, get a good salary, um, you know, the, the, the usual kind of route. And I have no problem with that. However, it just wasn't for me. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do. And that was why it wasn't for me. You know, if I'd have known that I wanted to be a doctor or, you know, an accountant, and there was a, an actual route for me to then come out at the end and be like, okay, I want to do this. I kind of had this epiphany that I wasn't sure where I wanted to take my life. You know, I didn't, I didn't really have a purpose as such. Uh, and I didn't want to just, you know, live to pay bills. Um, and it's not necessarily that I've chosen personal training because there's lots of money to be made in it. And, uh, you know, as you know yourself, I, you know, it's very hard to make a lot of money in that industry. But it was I wanted to be able to have an impact on people. And it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do to be able to impact people in the way that I currently do. Um, and, it, and it actually was a, a big, long self-development journey myself. You know, after I dropped out of college, um, I was actually on track to go into Coventry University uh, to do automotive design. I realized at that point, you know, it wasn't for me. Um, I was very artistic as a child and wanted to be able to draw. Um, but the industry had just moved on from that and it was more CAD designs and, uh, you know, working with computers all day. And, and and to be honest with you, that just didn't interest me as much as the actual artistic element of being able to put pen to paper or pencil to paper and, and physically draw out something. So then I basically took a step out of it and was like, you know, what what is it that I actually enjoy? What can I do for the rest of my life that I'm going to enjoy and I'm going to get a sense of, you know, fulfillment from and it, and it took me around about six to eight months of solid searching on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to recognize I really loved it like I knew that I loved the gym but you know I'm talking eight nine years ago at this point it's not 
the fitness industry was not where it is today. You know, personal trainers weren't a common thing and personal trainers weren't people that, you know, were viewed as a, as a professional, if you like, you know, it was stuff that, you know, firemen did in their spare time or policemen did in their spare time or people did and had another job alongside it. So there was lots of um, barriers, I guess, back then, as opposed to what there is now with getting into the fitness industry. And, and I just, you know, I just kind of came across it and I'd come from this, this background of very sporty, but very, very skinny. I was eight stone up until the age of about 16, 17, which is around about 50 kilos. And at 5'11", that's very skinny. Um, and, I, and I just didn't have any confidence with that, you know, no self-esteem. I was very quiet, timid, shy. And, and Chris, you know me now. So that's like <laughs> the complete opposite of me. And, you know, I can talk for England now. But I had to do a lot of work. And I kind of noticed that my own confidence changed, my own mindset changed as I was developing in the gym. And, and with that, I kind of thought, you know what? I would love to be able to give this back to people. And that's kind of where it started. And I've not looked back since then. That's, that's an amazing story. I mean, you have always struck me as somebody who has an, uh, an amazingly high level of dedication. You, you apply yourself to anything. You don't let yourself get sidetracked by it. Uh, once you set yourself a goal, you stick to it no matter what. Um, and it's something I rarely see in people of, of your age group uh, in the late uh, mid to late 20s. Um, but not only do you have it for yourself, you also instill that level of adherence to the rules to your clients, to people who come to you and say, Dan, I want to get fitter or Dan, I want to lose weight or whatever, whatever they say to you. How are you able to instill that level of confidence? Because I, I mean, I'm also a personal trainer in my spare time as well, but my clients are always continually backsliding and not doing what I tell them to do. You, you don't don't seem to have that level of, of problem with yours because you are able to instill with the, within them a, a level of, of, of their own commitment that, that matches your own. How do you do that? It's oh, a great question. I think for me, I've always approached this from a very empathetic standpoint. So I understand that it's hard. You know, you've developed behavioural patterns, uh, lifestyle patterns that you know you you know in some cases people have had these lifestyles and, and behavioral and eating patterns for you know 20 30 40 years um, so it, it's it is very hard but I think my first point of call with every client that I start with is I have to understand them what makes them tick um, why they want to achieve their goals and I often ask people the first question I ask is why do you actually want to achieve this and it's not you know, I'm not looking for a superficial surface answer of I want to lose weight or I want to build muscle, um, you know, just because like there needs to be for me. I, I try and get them to ground their reasoning in an emotional way. So, uh, for example, for me, if we use my my why, I wanted to be able to build muscle because I had crippling self-esteem and I didn't like my photo being taken. I didn't like um, my, my my own image in the mirror. And I wanted to be confident. I wanted to love myself and I wanted to, you know, not look at myself and think, oh God, you know? So I think I think when I use that and, and people often haven't been asked that question, they often don't know why, you know, they know that they want to lose weight. And often the answer they'll give you is to be healthier. But actually, if you if you dig a little bit deeper, and this is not for the trainer to do, this is for the, the client that's coming to you to dig deeper and go, 
well, why is that? You know, obviously I can guide you and say why, but you need to do the work to kind of figure out, you know, what is the deeper emotional reasoning behind why you've come to the conclusion that you want to change your body, your lifestyle, whatever it may be. And that's the first port of call. And then it's basically about me making it as fun and as easy as possible. That sounds very, very weird because a lot of people will be thinking now that are listening, well, it shouldn't be easy. It should be hard because I'm, you know, trying to change my body. It should be challenging. And and to a certain degree, yes. But, and, and that's a strong but, it needs to be achievable. And what I'm looking to do is instill something in someone that they can do for a long period of time and then keep that going for a long period of time. Because if they can only do it for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, anyone can do that. I mean, it's an achievement in itself for some people to be able to do something for 12 weeks. Don't get me wrong. That is an accomplishment. But if you then revert back to the lifestyle and behaviors that you were doing before then, you're going to lose the results that you got with me. And that that doesn't, as a coach, a trainer, that doesn't interest me. I want to change your life for, for good for your life, not just for the time that you're with me. Right. I, I, can, I, can, I can see why that would work for you as well. A, a word that I know that comes up a lot when you talk to clients is, is accountable or accountability. In other words, yeah. you, get, you consider clients to be accountable to you in some way. Let's, let's explore that more. How, how can a, a client be accountable to you? I create accountability with my clients in a few different ways. So one of them is I work a lot with people online. So all over the world, different time zones and all that stuff. But I give them a document to fill out each and every week. Um, And the document is essentially a tick box. You know, I've created this plan for you to achieve whatever goal it is, you know, whatever food might be in there that you enjoy, whatever training that enables you to get to the goal. Everything is, is created specifically for you. And all I ask in return is they basically fill this out for me. They tell me what they do on a day-to-day basis. So whether it's the gym, um, obviously at the moment we're in lockdown, so all of my clients are doing home workouts. If they're fortunate enough to have home gyms, they're still filling out their gym like logbook. They have a food diary. They have like steps that they need to adhere to. And, and all of this is, is tailored. It might sound like a lot to people listening, but it's tailored to be achievable for that individual. So if you're an office worker, I'm never going to say, right, you need to be doing 20,000 steps a day because that's just completely unrealistic. So they send that to me once a week. And the other way that I create accountability is they send me what is called a weekly check-in. So this weekly check-in, they will take photos, measurements, Um, you know, fill out a little questionnaire based off how they're feeling in terms of motivation, sleep, stress, you know, all of these kind of micro points that will make a big difference. And then I create this video and give them a feedback on what's gone well, what potentially they can improve upon, and then what we're going to look at for the next week. And then it's just a case of keeping that contact. You know, I'm very open with my clients and say, look, I'd rather you be completely honest and tell me when you have a mess up because I'm not going to berate you for it. It's going to be something that I can work alongside you with and help you to work around it and actually help you to achieve that goal. It's going to be better for you to just be completely honest. So I think, again, going back to the empathy standpoint, they're very accountable to me, but they know that they're not going to get, you know, like, I can't believe you've done this. It's, it's, it's never a demeaning. It's more of a case of, okay, cool, that's happened. Let's see what happens now. 
and then we'll work around it. And, and I think that's it. It's just that open line of communication as well. I'm talking to Dan Wines, who's a top personal trainer. Fascinating guy. Dan, I've had a couple of uh, questions come in by email uh, for you. I uh, hope you can handle ad hoc questions. Uh, first one is from Rebecca. I think it's one that you'd like to, like to hear. She, Rebecca says, where can she find more information about you as a personal trainer and how she can sign up to your courses? So um, probably the best place is actually my website. That's danwinesfitness.com. Uh, spelled W-Y-N-E-S, and then anywhere on social media, uh, also Dan Wines. Great. So, Rebecca, if you cook up, it's da- danwinesfitness.com. Yep, and Wines is W-Y-N-E-S. And second question that came in was from Pete, and Pete says he's in Windsor, and he's got a fascinating question, actually. He asks, have you ever considered to, be non- to do non-fitness training, in other words, coaching or motivational speaking coaching? That's a great question, actually. Uh, yeah, I have. That's uh, that's an ambition of mine. I, I want to go into coaching in that sort of sense as well. I'd love to do live coaching, and then also, you know, ultimately uh, the pivots of the 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 very high end of that would be motivational speaking for sure, because fitness for me at the moment is a, a way that I can help people. Um, you know, be the best versions of themselves, feel better about themselves. But ultimately, there is many forms of that. And and motivational speaking is one, Um, you know, and that is something that I would absolutely love to get into. Uh, I've already, uh, before lockdown, actually, I was about to join a local um, speaking group to get better at that. So so it's funny that that's come in. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But obviously, at the moment, fitness is my main game. But I'd love to do that. Oh, great question. Thanks for that question, Pete. Um, my question now for me is, one of the other things I know that's on your very, very long fitness CV is that you've also appeared on stage and won fitness model championships. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. What's, what's that? Many people may not know a lot about that. I think I probably do, but tell them anyway. <laughs> um, so I always explain this in, in the, the following way. Fitness modelling is kind of like bodybuilding, Although much, much smaller muscle frame, it's more like the cover of men's fitness, men's health, the kind of beach body physique that you would see um, as a a mainstream male uh, model, you know, a bit muscular, kind of like the the superhero physique as well that you'll see on on, uh, the movies now as well. And it's essentially the practice of getting into the best possible shape you can. So getting very, very lean um, and whilst maintaining balance in your physique. So the way I like to approach this is imagine yourself. If I use the, the words of the very wise Arnold Schwarzenegger, he says that your body is your own sculpture. And that's very true. You know, you can work and shape your own physique. And this is essentially the showcase of that. So this is the culmination of years and years of training, eating well, and in particular, getting on stage, you're getting down to a very, very low level of body fat to showcase that muscle. And and, and also as well, <laughs> one of the, the things about it is you have to wear the small pair of Speedos you can possibly imagine, which, you know, for a lot of people is it can be very off-putting, but again, it's just to showcase your physique in in the um, the best possible way, whilst getting extremely tanned up 
and also posing on stage and, and, and essentially performing a routine, not quite like a dance, but more as opposed to, you know, poses. So if you were in an art room and you were doing lifestyle drawing, essentially you would, you know, have a model in front of you. You're basically doing four or five poses, then you're moving to another area of the stage, doing another few poses and then going to the opposite end of the stage and then standing at the back and then being compared against other athletes. And again, that's something that I wanted to do because I came from a background of not actually having that much confidence and self-esteem in my own image. So doing that was essentially a massive, massive challenge for me because just getting on stage for me was a huge accomplishment, you know, going from someone that didn't want their own photo being taken to standing on stage in the smallest pair of briefs in front of a few thousand people actually being judged on what I look like. So that for me was my reason for getting into it. And as you said, I eventually, after I think about six competitions, ended up winning a few. So it was a great experience. It sounds absolutely amazing. You, as I said, you're uh, known on both sides of the Atlantic. And I guess something you might have taken from America is a love for American football, which is a sport I've never tried. It looks far too dangerous for me. But uh, tell, me, tell me about how you got into American football. And that's here in the UK, of course. Yeah, I mean, I actually had a stint when I was a lot younger. Uh, my dad took me to play flag football, which is essentially the non-contact version of that. And I played that for years you know I played that from about the age of five till about the age of 11 12 uh, and I actually I was very lucky because it wasn't as popular as it is now like it's still a very niche sport and it's still you know coming out into its its own here in in the UK uh, but but in America it's it's huge you know it's one of their main sports and uh, here it's like I said it's getting more popularity with the NFL games coming over to London you know four times a year now um, but back then, you know, the closest team was, you know, about an hour away. And my dad was, had a keen interest in it as well, just from watching it on TV. But I got into it very young, very early. And I ended up playing for Great Britain. And that was one of my first, um, you know, real points where I kind of recognised that when you really work hard at something, whether it's fitness or business or whatever it might be, that you can accomplish it. And I, and I literally just made sure that I, I did the work, which sounds so oversimplified. But I, I, I looked at what I wasn't good at and just worked hard at the, on those areas. And then I ended up, you know, we went to Germany and we ended up playing in the European Championships uh, for Great Britain. And that was when I was 11. So then, unfortunately, I had a break. Um, the team that I was playing for, um, you know, folded. So I then didn't play until, uh, you know, a few years ago and got back into it and, and started playing again for the last year. Unfortunately, the season was cancelled this year because of, obviously, the current situation. But, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great sport. For those that don't know, it's very similar to rugby, um, except with rugby, you don't have any protective wear. There's, there's rules. With American football, in a simplified manner, you have four attempts to get 10 yards. And if you don't, the ball gets turned over to the other team. If you get to the other end of the pitch, you score. Um, and, and it's the reason why you need the protective wear, the shoulder pads, the helmet, is because you don't necessarily have to have the ball to be hit. Um, so it, it's a very brutal sport. And last year, I got many, many injuries. You know, I broke my left forefinger, cracked some ribs, tore my rotator cuff. 
uh, lots of things, which which makes brings you to the point. Why would you play it? I have never felt so alive in any sport. I think it's that kind of primal instincts, um, you know, getting that aggression out. I think it's a a tremendous sport that's just very very fun, and I've had a, a, a passion for it from a very young age. And yet again, it shows the the dedication that you have and the way you're able to apply such motivation to to conquer something, to to achieve something uh, up against a challenge that we were talking about before in your personal training. Yeah. Um, and another thing, probably the last thing you've got time to talk about, in fact, uh, is that you took on an amazing uh, challenge, a personal challenge, which is you decided to go to India for, I think it was maybe two years or maybe even longer. I don't know. You, you can correct me on that. But you went over there specifically with the aim of trying to improve the fitness levels of the population. So, I mean, the, to go to India, tell us how old you were when you went and how long you went for. So I went in 2017. And I was there for just about a year and a half. And I went out there really because India has a phenomenal amount of passion for fitness. Uh, and, and, it, and that kind of surprised me, actually. The opportunity was presented to me early 2017. And I thought, you know what? I, I very much want to live a life where I take every opportunity with both hands or as many opportunities as I can with both hands. And I don't want to live with regret. So I kind of said, yeah, I'd love to do it. And it was the best experience of my life. You know, obviously I was, I was, there was things that I was concerned about, you know, moving to another country is a, is a huge deal. And particularly a country that the culture is very, very different to Westernized culture. And it, and it was, it, like I said, that I cannot tell you how much I loved that experience. You know, the people are the probably the most humble, welcoming and warm people I've ever come across. So friendly. And, and I spent pretty much the whole time traveling around the country, delivering seminars to personal trainers in gyms, um, you know, organizing and judging fitness model competitions, which I'd previously competed in and also developing a gym franchise chain as well, which was unbelievable. You know, I, I was very, very lucky to be um, in a position where I had a mentor, um, the owner of body power, actually, you know, he helped me massively in terms of, you know, I, he was there at every beck and call. If I had a question about something, he, he would very much, you know, be there and, and help me develop into the person that I am today, where we were developing a franchise chain out there of, of gyms, supplement stores and cafes. And that meant that I was, you know, not only doing these incredible things in terms of, you know, helping people on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of, you know, the nutrition knowledge and the training knowledge, you know, they've got this massive, massive interest in fitness but they're a little bit further behind than we are. The trend has only just come to India, whereas, you know, it's it's five or 10 years behind where we are currently here. So incredible, but the myths that they're kind of experiencing, you know, in terms of their knowledge are, you know, what we've dealt with for the last five or 10 years and kind of moved past. So very, very passionate individuals. And, you know, like I said, I, I've learned so much out there about myself, about, um, you know, how to be more grateful for, for what I have here in this country. Um, because obviously the divide of, of wealth and, and poverty in India is very, very different. And it just really opened my eyes to 
you know, who I am and who we are as a people, which I thought was, you know, invaluable. So that would be the one thing that I say to anyone and, and do say to anyone, if you do have the opportunity to go to a different country for a long period of time and work and live there, as opposed to just holidaying there or vacationing there, definitely do that. It, it's the most rewarding experience that you can possibly have. It sounds like you took on a, on a very great challenge. And as you always do, you, you, you addressed it head on. You dedicated yourself to being a success at it and, and it went really well for you. Yeah, it really did. Um, it, yeah, I, just do it. If you have that opportunity, that's the one thing that I would say. Just do it. It doesn't matter what you're worried about. That will sort itself out. You'll learn what you need to to survive. But just go and do it. Don't regret it. Don't have that opportunity and then go, you know what, I can't, I can't do that. I'm nervous or whatever. Just... Just face it head on and just lean into it, lean into that discomfort and grow. That's my uh, my thought process on that. That's great, Dan. Dan, finally, uh, one more time, can you give details of your contact, uh, your website, so people can come up and uh, get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, my website is www.danwinesfitness.com. That's spelled W-Y-N-E-S. And you can find me on all forms of social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, with the username Dan Wines. Again, that's spelled W-Y-N-E-S. You're listening to Good Morning Marlowe with Chris Aremba here on Marlowe FM.